Hi, welcome to Just Out of Curiosity, a podcast that talks about sex and sexuality from the lens of a sex-positive brown woman that has a fascination with alternative or non-conventional lifestyles. My name is Shelly D, and I am that sex-positive brown woman. Over the course of several episodes, I'm excited to dive into topics that titillate my interests and make me ask my guests questions just out of curiosity. And so my curiosity today leads to dating (laughs) again. Let's flip it and reverse it now. I knew when I was done dating, but how do you know what you're looking for and what you want when you're navigating the dating pool in the quote unquote sea of lost souls on the apps? I wanted to talk more about what it was like from other perspectives. How do you deal with the toxic side of masculinity when you're dating other men? How does our upbringing and cultural differences play into how we see ourselves and relationships with other people? I still feel like we don't spend enough quality time reflecting on things and the actions we make. It's not easy looking after your own mental health firstly, but then somewhat managing to not negatively affect others' mental health, but also being on a personal mission of finding someone, whether it's for the next couple of hours, the night, or a lifetime. I sat down with my friend Shamar about dating from a gay black man's experience. Seems like the bar isn't that high on the other side either. Hey Shamar. I mean, the last time I saw you was Pride. Yep. Did you have a good time? I had a fucking great time. It was so nice to be (laughs) in Pride for like the first time in two years. Yeah, I was very excited to like break my best friend uh, Mm -hmm. because I usually go to Pride by myself to be honest. Oh, was that the first time she went? No, I don't think so. But it was the first time she went with me. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I'm really enjoying myself and like having the company that like appreciates everything. And she's also queer too. Nice. To I was yeah. like, come That's on. That's why we all get along so well. I was like, come on. I feel like the whole world needs to be a little bit more queer. Right. We'd all get along so much better. She's great. I liked her. Love her. And somehow you ended up marching in the parade. Yeah. So one of my friends, she, uh, working for a company with her, uh, girlfriend, she was like, Hey, like, if you want to like come to the parade, like, you know, let me know. And I was like, yeah, of course. And let me tell you when my friend got into the parade, she was the life of the party. Her whole, like, the, her, the way that she dressed, everything. I didn't even realize the contacts, the ears. Like, she was full in outfit. Oh, she does cosplay. And it was like, great. Just chef's kiss. Um, you're, you're, you, were you looking for anyone during Pride? If anything mm. could happen? How was that? How, how was the, like, the hookup scene for Pride right now? I just want to let you know. Come in closer. Yeah. I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> you sounded so nice when you said it, though. Uh, a bitch got none. Okay. Is it just hard right now? It's a drought. Oh, it's a drought. Honestly, if I were to describe my love life, it's like picture this: like walking, you're in the Saharan desert, just walking, have no water, just been out there for days. Yeah. And then you look, you're like, oh, an oasis. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. And then you're running to it and then you're just, you know, take a handful of water, just put it to your mouth, all slobbery and whatnot, only to realize that, hmm, why is this water making my mouth dry? (laughs) Hmm. Take a few blinks and you're like, oh, I'm I'm digesting sand. This is good for me. (laughs) This is good for me. And you look around, there's no palm trees. It's just unforgiving sun. And that's what I would sum up my love life as right now. Oh, 
you know, I know what that's like. I've been there. I definitely know what it's like to like feel like you're putting, you're, you're, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yeah. me all that water. I'm so thirsty. And then you're like, <laughs> why? Where did you come from? Who told you that? That's what you should sell yourself as. Slim pickings. Ooh. Okay. Which is weird because I would have assumed or I would have thought that because of COVID and, and the fact that people may not have had the extravagant sex lives that they may have had over the last two years that it would be like that now no i still i still believe this till this day even though i still use this app grinder mm-hmm. and even even all the other <laughs> dating apps as well like they they say oh yeah you know like you know be diverse and include like a very inclusive space but you always have that hierarchy and mm. being a black queer man, I always feel and always will feel like I register lower than everyone else. Yeah. And the media doesn't help it either. Yeah. Because... I don't think anything really helps that. The hierarchy of race, especially with dating, is not good. The, the bars in hell, as yeah. I've been saying for years now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, like, I'm brown and I... Still in hell for you too. Yeah. Well, you never, you never know that if when people are not messaging you back and you... Sometimes in the back of my head, I'm like, is it because I'm brown? Yeah. But I would like to not think that. But I, I, I think I, if we're going to talk about this hierarchy of race, I definitely think that brown people might are on top of black people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably on top of East Asians to an extent. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, I feel like I get it. I, I get it better than men sometimes. Mm-hmm. But grinder. How how is dating for you? So, mm-hmm, not existent. Um, <laughs> at the moment, right now, like I'm not currently looking for a relationship. Just having fun here and there, and just seeing how we're just going with the flow, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past, I have tried to pursue a relationship. I remember vividly, like uh, when I was in an, uh, when I was at Brock. Uh, it was like in my second, third year. Where, where is Brock? St. Catharines. Oh, St. Catharines. But we don't talk about that. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is when I was still like discovering my own sexuality and whatnot. Yeah. Like being RA in my second year really helped me navigate through being vulnerable, which was such an uncomfortable concept for me growing up. Because mm-hmm. um, this is just like with being a man growing up all around like having emotions is too feminine and you're not allowed to express your emotions like i'm having family members cap my emotions and be like oh you can't be talking about that that's something a girl would talk about oh and still working through my homophobia and femphobia to this day yeah and uh the first relationship i had was with this guy uh this dl guy no one knew he was gay maybe like one of his co-workers okay um, but it was just me and him and we just t- talked and made out, but it was like really nice and endearing to like wake up to his text messages and say, mm. do you want to meet up or, you know, the usual spot or yeah, it was nice. But I think when I started to tell my friends about it, like my close friend Nikki about it and I was like, oh yeah, like he's like this, this is this, um, I remember like meeting up with him for this like fourth and last time and I was like yeah I told my friend about you a little bit again I know you're like DL so I wouldn't tell her like what you look like her, mm-hmm. but you know I was just telling her that you're a good guy whatever 
And we're in the drive-thru just getting, like, Timmy's and whatnot, just talking. And he's like, yeah, um, I don't, I don't think we can do this anymore. I was like, uh, what? He's like, I can't do this anymore just because, like, you told someone and, like, oh. I, yeah, I, like, you told someone and it was supposed to be between me and you and I'm not really comfortable with that. And I was like, well, she's not going to run around and tell, like, the whole neighborhood. Yeah. But he was like, nah, that just doesn't fly by with me, so... How old are you? I was a good 19. Oh, such a cute baby. Um, baby gay. <laughs> I remember, I feel like when I was when I was younger and dating, there was like that thrill of, of a mysterious secret encounter. Mm-hmm. And there, was, there were times where I was just like, I don't want anyone to know. Mm-hmm. And the minute that someone knew, it was just like, oh, well, this has lost the thrill of it all. Right. And you know, I think the reason why we feel like this is because I think from our background where it's like everything is very our parents want us to tell them everything they want to know our business who we're dating and whatnot I'm just like chill 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 (laughs) let me just let me just see who I'm seeing and not tell you you yeah and also like family because I lived with my parents and they yeah you have this very like closeness with them but when and I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> with you, you don't want to talk about your sex life. You're, I mean, you're right. never going to talk about it. And I'm, I'm pretty, you were you were closeted for a while, to, for a long time. Yeah. So you can't talk about your sex life. So that is just like that one part that's just yours. Yeah. I feel like I've been that guy before with someone else. Mm-hmm. But you don't really think about how the other person feels when you decide to be like, no, I'm done now. I don't like this. I'm turned off. And it's just like, that's really not fair. I said, this is madness. Yeah. I told my friend, she was like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, guys, guys suck. And she's like, welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why girls and gays get along so well. Yeah. I'm just like, girl, pull up. <laughs> Flip a chair. Let's watch Grey's Anatomy <laughs> or like RuPaul or something. Yeah. Let's let's go make fun of someone on some type of TV show. Let's let's do that. Yeah. But um, that was like start of my relationships or start of dating. Yeah. Like keep in mind, like I have not been in a relationship ever really. Like oh. not a long term relationship. Nothing past three months. And my last relationship was like high school <laughs> <laughs> with a woman. With a woman. How was that? She turned out to be gay after. I was like, yes. Perfect. More join the club. She's a lesbian. <laughs> a beautiful lesbian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she was like, yeah, like I'm dating. Uh, it was one of our mutual friends. I was like, yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> She's like, yeah. And I was like, good for you, man. Fuck it up. Uh, but her 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 girlfriend at the time her ex-boyfriend didn't take too well to that he's also black as well everybody in this okay yeah everybody involved was jamaican or mm. like first generation canadian jamaican right just, just an extra layer of uh, stuff i'm tired of these la- onion already layers. to the convolute oh yes I'm the tired. onion layers oh that's the poc club <laughs> <laughs> why must the suffering continue <laughs> I, it's just it's we do it to ourselves as well i feel like it's also a lack of education too but yeah actually we 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 are not doing it to ourselves we're trying to not do that to ourselves yeah like realizing the pattern taking a step back and yeah. re-educating ourselves Ugh, the unlearning is hard oh yeah and then my second time i like was serious with a, a guy was like i think like ugh. I think probably 
quarantine, like maybe 2020, summer 2020. Okay. And it was one of our, one of my uh, close friends, like mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And we've been knowing about each other, but like we haven't really talked like one on one, really. You know, I saw him on the app. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me just let me just pull up Skr Skr, and you know, found myself in his DMs, and we started talking a little bit more. And then it turned talking turned into meeting for Starbucks, trying to feel that type of way. A second date, I was like, let me let me take you out. You know, let's I'll, let me surprise you. Mm-hmm. He's like, where are we going? I was like, I don't know. It could be jumping off a cliff or we could be going on parasailing i don't know oh hey yeah, figure it out he's like what should i wear i was like birthday suit uh, <laughs> come on get into it uh <laughs> i was like just wear something nice you know comfy yeah uh so i picked him up and i pl- pretty much took him like lakeshore mississauga really nice private and we just had a picnic and watched the sunset oh that is so sweet i pulled up a little cooler Brought some drinks, some oh, snacks. Sure. Yeah, I went all out. I said, mm-hmm, I'm, I'm hubby material. Yeah. Let it be known. <laughs> Say it one more time into the microphone. Let it be known, bitches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, conversation went well. Like, we were just talking, vibing. I was like, asking him how his day went. He was like, you know, like, telling me everything. And he was just saying, like, oh, like, you really thought about this i was like yeah like why wouldn't i this He's is like, second date right second date went well ended up with you know me kissing him and being on top of him for a little bit sunset mm. i said mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean the girls are classy but the girls can get nasty too oh yes they do <laughs> why not tell me how this man didn't text me for three weeks did he tell you why ghosted uh. He told me probably a year after. Yeah, a year. Oh, yeah, I got to love it. Got to love when they all come up from the woodwork. Uh, yup. Well, at least six months after, I was like, okay, whatever. He was just pretty much saying, like, I don't know how to, like, say this, but, like, I apologize if I didn't give you my all. Like, mm. I, my ex-boyfriend came into the picture and said, like, hey, you know, let's try to work things out. Surprise, surprise, it didn't. Hmm. Uh-huh. I could have told you that. But, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not throwing shade. <laughs> but he tried, you know. Like, when you're when you're with someone, like, for so long, like, I guess you want to get back to it and just try to work on what went wrong. And I understand that. So I was like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to harp on you for that. Because yeah. I'm like, it took a lot for you to say that. At the very least, though, he could have just messaged you and be like, hey, listen, something's come up. And this is I, this is my big beef with people because this is this a, is a very thing. normal thing that a happens. beef thing, this, yes. We're just like, if you're going to ghost or if you just need your space, just be like, hey, mm-hmm. I just need a time. I Like, I appreciate everything that you did, especially because you just went all out on your picnic day. Like, that's super romantic. It doesn't happen all the time. The least, the least that could have happened. Hmm. Was that you mean like, listen, something's come up with me personally and I just need a break. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Um, yeah. Even when I started messing, when I started meeting Jesse, I was still talking to some people. I didn't have to message them. I didn't. Yeah. But I felt like it was just the nice thing to do because I know what that feels like. And I actually yeah. messaged them all. I'm like, hey, listen, I met someone and I'm like, I think I want to, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, but I'm going to move, I'm going to move into this direction because mm-hmm. like, this is, this is great. But I never did that before either. Yeah, something what we call home trading, you know, <laughs> giving courtesy and respect. To yeah, those. I, I seriously think that we need to teach <laughs> dating etiquette one hundred and one. 
it should be part of school 101 dating you're teaching stocks now you're teaching finance teach about how to treat people with respect i don't know yeah it was just uh, like he apologized and i was like i i forgive you i'm not gonna lie i thought like i was doing too much Mm. because again i've never been in like a relationship yeah and again this wasn't a relationship it was just me getting to know him a little bit more yeah. and trying to see where he's at. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was preface in the first date. We're just like, let's see where this goes, you know? Yeah. Not saying anything, like, not doing anything too serious, but also, like, trying to get to know each other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Dating, it's like, how should I describe it? The men aren't available. They're either in a relationship or, like emotionally unavailable like hung up on their ex-boyfriend mm. or their best friend that's straight that's giving them all the attention and ooh, ooh, ooh. like i'm still working through this to this day because like i remember when i first started out like when i first came out i was like my preferences were like you know i'd be like i'm gonna go with a guy that's a guy you know like no mm. questions about it you know, if I want to go with a girl, I would go out with a girl. See, I didn't even catch my femphobia when I was like younger. I was like, what am I actually saying? Because like now that I'm growing up and, you know, me telling you about my DL men or men that would just ghost me. I'm just like, why the fuck would I want that? Why am I aspiring to this like hyper masculine aspect of life and not receiving the love, the communication that I like need in her? Yeah. I'm just like, you know, I need some, I need a man, you know, that's in touch with their feminine side more yeah and not so hyper masculine that you can't share just regular degular shit with me like that's just mm. mm-hmm. like i'm tired i'm tired of playing these games like agreed i need someone secure in their masculinity and their femininity too but i also need to do that work on myself too yeah um yeah it's and it's interesting because it's too it like I, I straight dating, I, I get to see one side of men, and then with gay dating, it's two men. It's like I, I think it's just a lot of, I mean, I, I compare dating to lost souls, but like men also just have never You're been taught. Wrong. I definitely feel that, <laughs> um, but men have definitely been taught not to like. And I don't think they've been taught. They just operate the world without thinking about the repercussions of some of the things. Nope, and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just that honesty and sincerity and respect. I, I think it's 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 hard to do when the world is at your feet with Grinder. And I mean Grinder, you you even have like Don't say feet now, cause some of those girls like that feet fetish. <laughs> I'm not into that personally, not yet. No, like if no, you ever see my yet. toes. You wait until you, you get see your my toes. toes. Sucked. Nah, sure, let me tell you. I look when like you Darby, get your toes okay. sucked. No, 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 no. When you get From your toes sucked rings. and you see someone staring at you with their toes in your mouth, it is so hot. <laughs> I'm not there yet, baby. You're not. You'll get not there. Not on my free journey. Don't worry, not, not Shamar. Yet. I have some years on you. You'll get there. Hey. <laughs> uh, it took me a while to get there, but I got there. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Do you notice there's like a trend when it comes to gay relationships? Mostly, like, TV shows. Mm-hmm. When I see, like, things broadcasted on TV, it feels like it's marketing only one thing. Do you notice that that there's... It's usually, when it comes to a gay, like, couple, it's mm-hmm. usually a guy that's a POC, 
and then a guy another guy that's just white mm. and the guy that's white is usually hyper masculine versus the other guy he's oh. have you noticed that i have now yes <laughs> i you know what it also is it feels like they're they're covering off all of their diversity and inclusion buckets by having like the interracial gay couple so you got you got gayness mm-hmm. you got interracial cool cool cool, cool. Mm-hmm. we just like got Perfect. we got it all there but yeah there is a very stereotypical white guy mm-hmm. and i think sometimes Maybe there is there a stereotypical the, the the other partner. I don't know. I, mm, I I'm thinking of like how to get away with murder. You had you had the white guy and you had the Asian guy. Have, did you ever watch How to Get Away with Murder? Yeah, Those I'm sex scenes were like, real hot. Right. <sighs> but mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There there was that guy, and then there was the Asian guy. The, Connor the, and uh, Connor and. And someone, it definitely was Connor. But either way, I think in general, if you want to even get step outside of that, even with straight couples, the white person is almost always the hyper or the more dominant person. And then the POC person is usually more subservient or more docile. Yeah. In general. In general. That's how it's broadcasted. Not that it, like, you know, media reflects true life mm-hmm. not all the time yeah only a portion of it but it's you know what it, it's also like you have your script and this is only what i know from commercials so i worked in commercials for a hot second and you'd have a script and you can imagine all the things that you want from a script and then when you go for casting then it's just like it's it's very dependent on who that director wants for that role um so like there was so when i when i was working in commercials it was about about eight years ago now, and the director that wanted to hire, he wanted to cast diverse people. Back in, in eight years ago, commercials mm. were all white. Mm. There were no POC people, like very little. And I remember just the director came back and he was so pissed off because he was just like, I just wanted to hire all these like diverse people. And, and then the advertising agency did not want it. He was just so angry. So it's like you have a concept, an idea, but when it goes into casting, then it can be completely changed based on that. So it's like mm. the intentions, you never know where the, the intentions truly started. Before they start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's broadcasted too many times yes. to make me feel like, oh, does this person validate me like when I'm dating? Mm-hmm. You Versus, don't see, yeah, you don't see yourself or anything yeah. to do with yourself. I don't have preferences per se. Like, my preferences aren't requirements. They're not synonymous to each right. other. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you have to be, like, black or white or... I, I don't do that. I don't mm-hmm. care. But, like, I prefer someone that is around my background, whether you're African or, like, Caribbean or even South of, like, American, too. Do you, Is there a reason why? I feel like it's easier when it comes to clashing cultures. Oh, yeah, for sure that. <laughs> yes. And knowing just certain things are just it's just easier to communicate with your own. Mm-hmm. And mm. like as nice as it is, that's just a preference. Like I don't for me, I, I really couldn't care less who like comes across me. Like they don't have to come neatly packaged as to, as to what I like them to be. Yeah. Just be you be authentic and if we vibe then it's perfect whether you're white black 
or whatever like race you pertain to be or nationality or ethnicity like it doesn't really matter to me mm-hmm. do you do you find on the opposite end that there's a fetishization of you being black <sighs> Do you get like the yeah yeah yeah? It's like oh yeah, like give me that big black schlock. And I was like, um, can you do something else? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I. Ugh. Do you get like the racehorse? You're gonna like you're gonna have sex with me all night long. Like the marathon runner. Do you get um, like is, mm, is that it, mm-hmm. still? Um, funny enough, like when I. When I was like nineteen, twenty, yeah. I was kind of like switched, and also you probably know this, but Grinder had a filter as to what race you'd prefer. Yes. Yeah, not not good advertising. Was that, that was back in the day, though, right? Back, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Um, they don't do it. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to. I don't think so. I'd have to subscribe to Grinder Plus to figure that out, but I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> but like back in the day, it was just like, but like actually, it still happens. Like they could put they could put in their bio and say, you know, no femmes, no fats, or mm. they don't say it. They they might not directly say it. They'll say, you know, uh, Indian plus 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 plus, white plus plus plus, or like Asian plus plus plus, and I'm yeah. just like, what the nick is that? Yeah. Where where am I at? So it's like even like looking at the bio preemptively, you're already discluding me from these conversations or me from approaching you. Yeah. And that's hard. It's become very toxic. Well, not become, it still is mm-hmm. continuing. Mm-hmm. Snowball effect. Um it's become this like, okay, you need to come as I need you to come as. So having people approach me especially on grinder and saying like oh like you know you want to do this 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 and this i'm like why do you automatically think i'm a freak mm. i mean i might be but like <laughs> <laughs> but like hey like what if i just wanted to like have a coffee and talk you know yeah it's just like we're going straight to sex i'm like oh okay a nice aspect okay that's nice <laughs> But can we get coffee? Just talk about like life. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess there's the hookups, and then there's the people that also just want to talk. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, I'm just like people are such flops when it comes to dating too. It's like oh, like, like I tried to like um, have a date with this guy, and he's like oh I'm busy with school and whatever. I was like okay cool, let me know. And then I tried to make another plan to, like, meet him up and, you know, have, like, coffee or whatever. He's like, yeah, I can't. Like, last minute, like, well, 12 hours before, he was like, yeah, sorry, I can't make it because, you know, something going on with school or whatever. And I was like, I understand. But this is your second time now. Mm. So now you need to make the plans. Like, you need to come to me to ask, like, okay, like, what day works best for you? Yeah, and you probably won't get it. No, you took no initiative. And I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, dating is just... The bar is in hell. Yeah. I don't know what... Are there there any any other other venues? Are there any other venues outside of Grindr? Well... Would you use, like... I'm doing Hinge. Does that... Rhymes with cringe. Um... (laughs) The dating app that's meant to be deleted. Uh, no shade to it because it is better in terms of like getting to know you, to, to know your person a little bit better. You know, having the questions prompt and the pictures or whatever. But 
like with everything and all like it all feels too scripted too perfectly put I'm yeah just like show me what you really like i know are you crazy <laughs> let me know because if my crazy matches your crazy we're gonna have a fucking ball yeah <laughs> i'm talking freddie versus jason no okay, maybe that's... <laughs> oh can you take xxx yeah <laughs> That would be a great video. It has already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, not with me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> didn't I tell you? Sorry, Desert. Um, <laughs> yeah, but just getting back to like how media pretty much broadcasts how gay relationships are. I was like, I don't really see myself there. But also, I need to see more like like queer POC relationships. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see like can we. Can we get like a Filipinos with some like black people? Yes. Can we get some natives with like someone from South America? Yeah. Yeah, like, just more. I more. Um, I really wish that, you know, like you had a script and then when you cast all those roles, it's the complete like it's the antithesis of what you would expect for that person. So like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man or woman. It could be trans. It could be a police officer that's a woman that's gay. It could, and then their kids could be adopted and could be like indigenous or Filipino or whatever. And then, you know, mm-hmm. like you just kind of like mix it up completely. Mix and match, man. Yeah, and then, and then the races, like, oh, open up the races to everyone. And then you can have like, it just, it, it would it would feel very much like Toronto, but like seriously, but it's it, you you would see more of that, and then it can become more normal when you see it in real life. Mm-hmm. Because I'll still say like, um, John and Anthony, maybe not recently, but in the last couple of years, sometimes they'll be holding hands in Toronto, and someone will say something to them, and it's just weird, like. Mm. that should be normal now but like i think because there's still a lot of norm it's like it's when bridgerton came out and it was like a a a sri lankan tamil person that was the lead role everyone's like Mm. oh my god that's amazing but we're in 2022 like it's weird why is that weird like why is that why is you doing this for the first time Mm -hmm. um that it would be nicer if all these shows that came out just it focused more on diversity and then also when it came to gay queer relationships or just Mm. queer people in general how they're depicted maybe have more realistic conversations that happen between these two people but the more like queer when i watch turning red i don't know did you ever watch turning red turning red on disney yeah 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 Yeah, with the lumberjack guy he's like his partner's like i just wish you'd just tell your mom he's like yeah tell her and then he turns into a dog but the thing Ah! that i really liked about turning red was that it was all like the the main key components of that movie making were done by women and the storytelling was different. Mm-hmm. The animations were different. Mm-hmm. But even like the relations that the kids had with their mother, how they portrayed women, yeah. the little girls, like it was just more realistic and so different. The mom was like, I just wish you would just open up and tell me things. I was like, girl, but, and come it was, sit down. And it was also the yeah. first time I actually could relate to the family on TV. Yeah. Because that was my mom. She's She's a great mother, but she's just so like, sometimes she can just be cold. Not cold. She just doesn't. She she's not good with her emotions. So she wasn't be- good with her emotions back then. And I'm like, now I understand. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is some t- speaking to me, and I'm watching it as a 38 year old, being like, I love this. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, to your point, like it's just the representation on TV is it's lacking in some ways. Yeah. And oh gosh, like when we talk about like gay characters, like the coming of age gay characters coming out, it's traumatic. Like, have you ever watched Empire? Uh, Jesse Small's character mm-hmm. plays a gay man, but like growing up, like there's a one scene where he's uh, coming outside or he's in the living room with all the other fan members. Yeah. And he's like in heels, like, you know, walking mm. around or whatever. And you know what his dad does? So, throw them in the garbage? No, there was another. Sorry, not, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the garbage can? He picked him up and he, threw him out and Cookie yeah. ran for him and tried to fight this guy and took him took her kid out of the garbage. He was like, you don't touch my baby like that. Like, I'm like, this is traumatic, but like, you know, like, I'm going to tell you, like, my family has never done that to any of their kids from what I saw mm-hmm. when I was growing up, but words hurt just as bad. Yes. My grandma oh, and my do. grandparents that, like, raised me, and, you know, they've gone and passed, but, like, I remember growing up and still figuring that out, my sexuality, and always thinking in the back of my head, I'm the other, like, I'm so different from the, everyone. Mm. I remember one time I was like talking to my grandma and she was like, you know, I'll always love you and what whatnot, but if you come back home and you're either one of these two things, don't call me grandma no more. And she Oof. said, gay or police officer. I said, okay, one out of the yeah. two. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> it was, it was just, mm. and when my grandpa passed, cause my grandpa was taking care of my grandma the longest time my grandma was a uh paraplegic okay she couldn't walk okay okay i think that's para para yeah Yeah. so my grandpa would pretty much do everything cook for her clean do everything and that was like my ideal growing up that was my role model not Mm. that i was aware of it until he died right um he did everything for her so when he passed like i just felt like she was gonna feel lonely because I also feel lonely when I'm with family mm. and I wouldn't wish that on anyone else. So I would go over, buy her some flowers, Aww. rub her head, hold her hand and talk to her. Yeah. And she would be like, Shamar, I miss you. And all. every time you, every time you leave, just me want you, you know, <laughs> I was just like, Oh, grandma. Like I try my best and you know, it hurt. Sometimes it hurts to, when I think about going over, it did hurt every now and then to kind of keep that part away from me because she would have just disowned me on the spot. Did you ever come out to her? No. It's hard in a Jamaican family where you, like, in an instant, your family members can turn on you. Yeah. Which is questionable because, you know, at the core of Christianity, their teaching is unconditional love. Yeah, that's It seems the thing. very conditional. Mm-hmm. It's it's not come as you are or it's come as we want you to come as our as our offspring, as our yeah. kids, our grandkids. And when you get set into these boxes and in these roles, you really stifle yourself and start to hate yourself. Like growing up in the church, I was like, I feel like I don't belong because I'm just like, you know, Adam and Eve, Adam, Steve. Or, you know, we're getting to those verses where like they talk about man shall not mainly with man and being in a hyper-masculine um, environment, too, where yeah. femininity was frowned upon, it really shaped me and, like, made me go into the closet, made me have all these, like, 
among other things, like added on to the mental health issues that I had. And it didn't make me feel open with my family until this day. Like I trying to be open with them, but I'm just like, you it's haven't. Hard. Yeah. But I'm getting to this point in my life and maybe because I'm approaching 30 where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck no more. Mm. Um, Love that for you. Coming out. I feel like you need to earn your spot. Like, I don't need, why do I need to come out to you? Because having, hearing all the responses I've had, like as a kid or growing up and trying to figure out my own thing, um, haven't been the greatest. I can only say like two, three, you know, a few people have Mm -hmm. made me feel welcomed without like making them about, making it about themselves. Um, It's dramatic. And I'm just like, it's like, I don't want to like feel like, what you're going to say is going to affect me for the rest of my life. I just want to feel more secure, but also like you need to make that safe space for me. Yeah. And you've never made that safe space for me to talk. Cause like anytime I talk in my family and I say like, Hey, like I feel like I'm annoyed or, you know, you pissed me off because so-and-so their immediate response is you're being too sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, it's just like, this is why I don't share things with you. Mm-hmm. And then you asked me why, like, I felt this way when I was, like, years ago when I was feeling suicidal. It's just like, well, you never gave me that safe space to share. So it's like, why would I come, why the hell would I come out and share anything with you? Yeah, you're just going to tell me I'm sensitive. Yeah, right? Or yeah. man up or you should pray about it. Um, mm, it works for some people, but, you know. Anyway. But also, like, manning up, like, what does that even mean? Suppress it. Mm-hmm. Shove it back there. Um, what I mean when I say like, you need to earn your spot, it's just like, again, like you need to make that safe space for me to talk about what I need to talk about. Make me feel comfortable in my own vulnerability because I still feel uncomfortable talking about certain things with family members. I'm just like, I don't know if they're going to say something like, you know, out the side of their head talking about, you know, maybe if he had his father growing up with him, he wouldn't turn out this Mm. way. Mm, We're not doing that. Don't do that. Yeah, because like I that's think not people forget the words that they use mean yeah. something to you. Yeah, right. Like it's just like yeah, you say I can say whatever I want, but and I, and it could be exactly how I mean it. Like maybe if you did have more more di- like different role models growing up, you might mm-hmm. be a little bit different. <clears throat> but then it makes you feel something so different and it can come off so negative. Mm-hmm. Like I was reading something or no, someone, there was a, I can't remember the book. I think it mm-hmm. was the soccer player, the American soccer player. You know, the one that like she's gay and she's in a relationship. I, and I, I think yeah. it's that either way, someone wrote a book and they were like coming out to their family. And I think the one thing that they were hoping that their family wouldn't say was, Oh, I'd still love you even if you were gay. That's tolerance. And that is also really, like, it's just, yeah, sure, you're trying to accept it yourself, but that is also saying your love for a gay person is conditional. Right. Like, I loved you more. I loved you more when when I thought you were straight, but I guess now that you're gay, I still love you. Mm. Like, it's just like, I'll love you regardless, or I'll, I'll still love you. Like, it's those things that we think are okay to say that, Really, when you sit down and think about it and how the other person interprets what you say, it comes off completely different and so wrong. Trust me. Mm -hmm. And this also, like, homophobic lines, like, getting there. But also, that's also rooted in, like, 
fem phobia too like as i was as we've been saying throughout this whole thing is like being vulnerable being emotional is a weakness yeah and especially when it comes to um like pocs pocs like that's that's fucking us up from left right and center yeah, big time so this is from everydayfeminism.com they wrote this piece uh it was the title is six ways femphobia is harming the lgbt lgbtqia plus community so it says here like six ways like the first thing is like it affects gay men like by like internally and externally like expressing their femphobia mm. and as we were saying like emotions i don't know that girl yeah oh yeah Unheard i didn't of. know that girl for a long time too and also second thing femphobia confines lesbians which i found oh interesting i'll, I'll read it to you both gay men and women are encouraged to be more masculine but for very different reasons in lesbian circles, femme invisibility can be a byproduct of femphobia. There can be a pressure to butch it up, to mm. ex- establish one's queer credentials. Uh, sometimes a femme gender expression is used to question of the val- validity of a lesbian's expressed sexual orientation or to claim that their orientation is just a phase. And then to that same effect, you can also say that femphobia is also a part of bisexual erasure too yeah big time it affects i feel like it affects the i want i don't want to say affects the women more than men because the men also get that too when you know if i've 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 heard from many men many bisexual men that you know they've said okay i'm dating this girl or they start dating them and they say hey i'm bi and they're like okay but you have to choose and mm. it just feels mm. oh i can see that there was um did you ever watch oh there was a show on netflix I think it was a love is blind mm. in the first season where the guy was by and, but he, and he, I think he was holding it and he had baggage. He was holding it. And I think because of how he was treated from before. And so when he finally met this woman and then they go meet up, he told her that she was by and, or he told her that he was by and, and the girl was just like, she was just questioning it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, tell me more. Why didn't you tell me this before? I think that was what the issue was. She was like, why didn't you tell me this before? Why are you telling me this now? And he interpreted it to be like, oh, you're telling me that if I told you before, you wouldn't have picked me? Yeah. And they got into this real big fight. They got into this real big fight, but it was more when you look at when I looked at it, it felt like it was more deep set from his insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very interesting. We don't talk about bisexuals enough. One of my family relatives, like I came out to them and they're like, well, I came out as bi and not good. Cause I'm like, I feel, I kind of feel bad about it. Like later down mm. the road. Cause I'm like, bi erasure is a thing. And like when people say like, I'm bi first and then they switch to gay, it's like, Oh, it's just a phase. Yeah. It was just me like trying to like kind of walk them yeah through it. but it's like a baby steps a little baby bit steps. I, it's hard i wouldn't necessarily call that buyer erasure because i can understand why it, it gets seen that way but mm-hmm. when it's hard to come i think the first step is for it not to be such a big thing to come out when it's such a when when it's there's so much pressure on you to come out mm-hmm. the easiest way to do that is by kind of like oh i'm bisexual yeah i feel like it's a cop-out but i i, I still feel bad because at the same time i'm like it gives those who are bi feeling like it makes them doubt like or it makes others doubt 
around them yeah that they are bi because if i were to say like hey i'm bi and then later down the road say i'm uh i'm gay and then they have decide finally (laughs) i mean like that's how that's their mentality yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then they have they approach some bi people they're gonna be like oh so you haven't you're you're still like choosing yeah you're questioning what you're You're doing right now you're you're at an in-between yeah you let me know when you become straight or gay after horrible horrible yeah, um, I don't really agree with, like, when it comes to coming out, I don't really agree with those who have, like, just made it about them. Like, very main character energy, like, are you gay? Or, like, I know, or, like, even saying, like, or just, like, backhanded responses, or just, like, oh, I couldn't see that for you. Like, I've, mm, mm, Wow, mm. see, this is why I hate coming yeah, out. I right. wish it could just be a thing. Like, it's who you have sex with is who you have sex with. It doesn't yeah. matter. You shouldn't have to come out because of all these other responses. It's mm-hmm. just make it but, so worse. But what I will say is you will find those gems around, like, in your life that will raise you up and make you feel, like, make you feel valid and seen. So... My best friend, Nikki, you were RAs at uh, Rock. I remember, like, my first thing I said to her, I was like, you kind of remind me of my sister, my older sister, but less mean. Uh, and she's <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> she's also Jamaican, too, so I was just like, you know, she got she got it and yeah. whatnot. Um, she's li- she was telling me things in confidence about her love life, and I was telling her a little bit my love life, and it just came to me. I was like, I think I'm think i'm gay and she's like all right and i was like that does it <laughs> and she was like yeah that's it i was like okay i'm not <laughs> <sighs> well that was refreshing right <laughs> she really made me feel like whenever i like whenever i'm with her i feel like i'm at home you know Aww, that's i nice. feel like i belong and i feel like my feelings are valid and she really made me feel good about being me a few years later she told me she was like i was just like so glad that you said something because it just felt like a weight off your shoulders like you look like you could breathe you were just like yes i was like all right i didn't like thinking about it just the fact that she from her perspective your a weight had been lifted off your shoulders that that weight and that pressure that is put on mm-hmm. gay people anyone that's different that trauma mm-hmm. i can't even imagine what that feels like it's like you're living a like, double life not the cool like double life you know yeah not a cool double life <laughs> like can i can a bitch be sailor moon for one day <laughs> like yes we know it's her but like <laughs> Can we, can we not fantasize, yeah. you know? Can I not be a spy? And then I can't imagine what that does to a kid growing up, what that does to teenagers. Yeah, it it puts you at odds with your parents for sure because, like, your parents sometimes they don't catch themselves doing it. They will say, oh, you can't be, you have to man up and, like, you yeah. know, stop being a little girl. The, kids remember this. Well, that too. And then, and then on top of that, well, yeah, sorry, I forgot about mm-hmm. the fact of like the feminine, that being effeminate. Mm-hmm. That's also... No, no, no. Yeah. So like now down the road when I'm having my own like mental health issues and going through my own stuff where, and I'm not sharing, I have 
<laughs> family members coming to my sister because out of all of them I share with her the most they're like you know how, how come he doesn't share anything with me anymore or whatever she's like well you know you know he's doing his own thing or whatever mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like why are you questioning why I'm not sharing anything with you when you could have asked what did I do to him growing up yeah was there something in my actions that made him feel unsafe they're never really looking or they're not really asking themselves these questions they're always putting it on the kids yeah like for example this like not related to being gay but like my dad I don't really talk to my dad as much or at all we don't have the greatest relationship Mm -hmm. to the point where I'm like I don't want a relationship with him at all unfortunate but you know it is what it is I have like my grandma at the time like forcing me to call him I'm like no I don't want to call him oh you need to like talk to your father you need to talk to your father I'm like but I'm the kid mm-hmm. and also speak to your age mate man I'm not like why does this always fall on the kid to like figure out like their relationship yeah the parent is acting like the bigger child but making right. the child the parent I was just like there's too much responsibility going on right now for me like why do I have to come to you about my problems when you could have came to me and said hey I'm sorry yeah or like hey did I do something to you mm-hmm. it's always like oh you need to come to me I'm your dad no yes yeah and it's just annoying because it's like well, if you're keeping that mentality, I don't want to come to you at all. I'll go to someone else that actually appreciates me when I tell them things instead of me running after you. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but it's a very big pride thing, I find. The fact pride that you have to like chalk it up and you have to go talk to your dad now. But it takes two people to have a to have a relationship of sorts. I agree. And so, yeah, yeah, you are being more of the adult, but you are the child in that situation. Yeah. And it's like, you speak to your father, like, you know, that's your father, that's your father. I'm like, you don't think I know that? Yeah. Like, I'm fully aware of the position I'm in. Yeah. You and, need and to, like, respect my space and tell him what he needs to hear. Yeah. Because you're bystanders at, at best. Yeah, exactly. And as children, we love our parents. Mm-hmm. And we always want our parents' approval. Yeah. For whatever reason. They're not perfect beings. But that's we, the we problem. We learned that later down the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned as, a, as like... And I, I, when I watch TV and you see, like, you see the storylines and the conflicts and stuff like that, and me now as an adult, I realize my parents are not perfect people. They are flawed just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. They just have years of wisdom. I Now, like, in my 30s, I have wisdom. Like, you now, getting into your 30s, you're like, fuck this shit. I want to be whoever I want to be. You start <laughs> learning. It. Yeah, you learn that you don't need those insecurities and all that stuff. Oh. That's That's what they have. But they are just a product of the way that they were raised. Yeah. And... Like, again, my grandparents were not queer friendly. Um, Mm. But I also understand where they're coming from. But understanding is it synonymous to acceptable behavior. Yeah. I find it really interesting that, like, yeah, our parents and that generation and the generations above that live in this world where they have never been taught to be authentic with mm-hmm. themselves. They've never been taught to express themselves really truthfully. Yes. And it gets even worse when it comes to cultural, like the the various cultures that exist, Asians, black. I know both of our cultures exist in pride mm-hmm. and stubbornness yep. and not bringing shame upon the family to like to be different. Um. And I really do hope that with our generation, we we're starting now to work towards 
living a life that is just being your authentic self. Yeah. Because I find there's so much happiness. When I see my friends that have come out, they're just so much happier because they've had to like, they've had to accept who they are and now they don't give a fuck to the rest of society. Right? Like they were like, I, you know what? I've had to live with this burden my whole life. I've come out. I'm going to be this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I hope that that's the kind of where we start pushing people to be. And and then we Mm -hmm. have kids or we're around people that have kids and we're teaching them those things Mm -hmm. that we can start kind of mending that. So we don't have experiences like you growing up feeling like you didn't have a safe space with your family to just be yourself. Because that's all that we really want to be is just be comfortable to be ourselves among the people that we trust and love. I feel like the bridge to that, to having a welcoming space and parents being vocal, the mental health aspect and bettering that because mental health is still like, <laughs> like the boogeyman that we mm-hmm. still talk about. You're not about. allowed to go like, to therapy. And especially like you're deemed a crazy person. Yeah. But like, if I have childhood trauma or there are things that are going on with me right now that's happening in my own family and then I'm asking my family to like fix this, but they don't know how to. Yeah. Who am I going to turn to? Um, mental health has really helped me a lot in like accepting myself. Have you gone to therapy? Yep. Okay. Girl, I'm still going. Oh, I love therapy. Therapy has made me feel more confident in myself and a little bit more outgoing because <laughs> I was never like this outgoing ever. No? <laughs> Could you imagine seeing Smart. me? Smart, that's uh, crazy. Uh, no, like, trust me. I okay. was I was social, but I, like, I'm still an inter- introvert. Um, and like, I feel drained after every conversation I have. Like, mm. I'm like, just cut it all off. Yeah. I need my eight hours of sleep or something. <laughs> yeah. But like, mental health has really like helped me like, communicate and socialize with other people and Mm -hmm. also catching myself in why I don't do things like I remember back in the day when I was like I don't want to celebrate birthdays I hate doing birthdays or whatever and then talking to my therapist she's like oh you don't celebrate your birthday because of this scene like in your childhood you need to like put yourself as a main character like you're putting yourself as a side you feel like you're Mm -hmm. not important like celebrate your birthday celebrate with the people that you want yeah my my fear was like not having one not having anyone show up to my birthday because i invited oh. them and they never wanted to come yeah i was like mm. like that's why i was like i don't want to celebrate my birthday oh no that's so sad but she was like go for it when people like the people that like like matter don't mind yeah they will take the time out of their day to come and like yeah, support you yeah yeah and then I had my birthday and just, we had just had a nice dinner and I was like, wow, this is actually refreshing. Like I didn't mm-hmm. think, you know, yeah, I thought this was going to, I thought it was going to go down like, oh, but our it, brains are our worst enemy. It's so crazy. Right. I, <laughs> I just feel like if, if the black community, especially Jamaicans in my family were able to share their emotions, maybe we wouldn't be as repressive when it comes to relationships or being honest Mm -hmm. when I talk to my dad about why I don't like him and whatnot it all stemmed down from honesty and neglect for sure but I was like had you not been more honest with me or what you actually wanted do you think we'd be in this position right now yeah to the point where I don't want to talk to you anymore yeah he's like honestly yeah I was like okay and this is where our relationship is going nowhere yeah (laughs) 
mental health, like, like my mom as an ICU nurse, she's seen it all, done it all. She, and then like tying that into the pandemic and not getting enough funds when they were saying like, oh, you know, we're going to be paying the nurses out more when they were actually just hoarding the money that they were, they've been given and then just reinvesting it and whatnot. This is why it took so long for them to redistribute it. Oh, God. Horrible. Yeah. But I was like, you know, like, what's going on with, like, you know, whatever's going on with you, like, did you need more? I was I was talk, talk, talking to her about it. I was like, maybe think, like, you know, more mental health issues, mm-hmm. like, maybe more mental health, like, with nurses would be better. They're like, she's like, yeah, but money is also great, too. Um, but I feel like she just... That even in that response, I was like, you're really glossing over the fact that mental health is very important. Like, money is important. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Bills need to get paid. Oh, yeah. But if you're not taking time to invest your invest in yourself when it comes to your own mental health, like, everything else will fall apart. Yeah, it, it's, it's a hard life for immigrants because they came here and they were just go, go, go mode. Like, they were mm-hmm. in survival mode. I have to make money. I have Work to support hard. my kid. I have to, I have to afford to live in this country. Then I have mm-hmm. to send money back home. Yeah. Um, that they never even focusing on mental health was not even a thing. Like they couldn't even, yeah. Or, and then you were deemed crazy for it. Right. I'm not going to talk to a quack. That's going to tell me that I need to talk about my feelings. Maybe that's exactly what you need to do. You know? You know? <laughs> yeah. You spent a hundred dollars, $150 on a therapy session, but if Is you it- actually listen, it it's there. It's there. And then you learn that you don't need to depend on anyone. Yeah. Right? Like you're your own self-sufficient person that can make good sound judgments and decisions. And that's all you really need to worry about at the end of the day. Imagine repeating the same old toxic behavior in yourself or like placing it onto others when that could have just been resolved with going to therapy and just stopping it and not feeling miserable or tired or drained all the time. Yeah. Like... You worry too much about everyone else instead of yourself. And then also worrying about yourself too much that you're not seeing what's going on around you. That like you're so self-absorbed in everything that you don't realize that your relationship with your son is estranged. Or your relationship yeah. with your daughter, she couldn't care less to like be around you. Yeah, and I think it really it's really telling of how bad you'll let it go when you are willing to not talk to anyone. your child or your sibling or your parent um or like it just in general like it's it, it it's sad yeah like this whole like oh you have to be strong and like you know be like have everything put together you really put yourself in a box to not get the help that you need yeah and that's what i was going through when i was trying to figure out my sexuality and just like everything like on top of that mm-hmm. and it didn't help yeah so but now you're here yeah and you're just such a lovely, lovely person. <laughs> I'm so happy that we're friends. Me too. I know. Girl, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and you can catch me at my Instagram handle, bad timing underscore. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming and talking to me about all this. It takes a lot to talk about like mental health and yourself. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And all it so my much. gibberishness and all. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how central my voice sounds on here. I know. You get real up in there. You're like, oh, yeah. Red leather, yellow leather. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Shmar, on that note, we're going to go eat some pizza, and I'm just going to, like, sink Ay. in the sensualness of your voice. I would like to thank you for tuning in today. 
Download, leave a review, follow and share this episode and the podcast with your friends, family, really whomever you like. You can find me on Just Curiosity Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and you can email me at justcuriositypod at gmail.com as I would absolutely love to know your thoughts, insights, comments, and all those juicy stories. But most of all, stay curious, friends. I'm Shelly D, and this has been Just Out of Curiosity. <laughs>